of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you happen to pass by that way, you might have noticed that the silver ceremonial doors there have been kind of blockaded and shut. That's because in one month, on December 3rd, it'll be the first Sunday of Advent, we are going to begin, we're going to kick off our celebration of 150 years at Trinity Lutheran Church and School. And we've got a whole weekend uh, that we've got planned, some more details on that will come. But we will begin that celebration with the opening of those doors as a symbol of this opening of our Jubilee year. So during the month of November, we're going to keep them shut in anticipation of that. And as we're anticipating that big anniversary, it can't help for me to flavor our celebration today of All Saints Day. And immediately what came to mind is this pretty familiar passage from Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, all the saints of the Old Testament, that Hebrews chapter 11 had just gone through a whole litany of them. All the saints in the two millennia since then, including all the saints in the 150 years of Trinity Lutheran Church and School. Back in 2020, one of our sisters named Rosie Hummer was called home to heaven, but before she passed, she told me that her grandmother worshipped in the feed store downtown where Trinity got its start, 526 Main Street. It's the five-star dive bar today. It's where we got our start, downtown. Last night we had in church one of our sisters who just recently turned 95 years. Uh, Fran Jones, any of you who know Fran, all her life has been a member of Trinity. It was her grandfather who was the first Lutheran school teacher that we ever called. So some of these saints we still know by name or association, many, many more that we don't, we don't know anymore, but they're part of our story and they're, they're part of this Trinity family. Cloud, cloud of witnesses. What a descriptive way to help us understand this great mystery. When we hear the word cloud, immediately we should begin to think of the glory of God. Think of Moses on top of Mount Sinai. Or Jesus with Moses and Elijah and Peter and James and John on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. And the glory of God came in a thick cloud. The saints are now in that cloud, in that glory of God, redeemed by the blood of Christ. But you see, a cloud also is a little, well, God gave us an illustration this morning, didn't it? A little foggy. It makes things kind of hard to see. It's hard to, to see this cloud of witnesses. If you think about it, the names and the stories that we know of the saints, that's just a fraction of the whole communion of saints. Sometimes I've seen it depicted in art this way in a couple of different churches I've been in, where they, they have this, this 
piece of art, and it's meant to be the communion of saints, and you've got the front row. And in the front row, you see the faces, because these are the named saints, the ones from the Bible and the stories of the church. But then behind them, as you go back, you can't see their faces. You just see their halos. Just rows and rows of halos and nimbus. See, those are the ones that we don't know. The ones that, whose names were never written down in the history books. It's probably the, the ordinary folks. People like probably you and me. I mean, think about it this way. If Fast forward with me, unless Jesus comes again, but imagine we 150 years from now and it's Trinity's 300th anniversary. Is anybody going to remember us? I mean, my name might be in a list of pastors somewhere, but nobody's going to remember me. Let me ask you this. How many of you remember Pastor Schallhorn? Because <laughs> he's still here. Okay. Those of you who've never met him, that's him, you know. But how many of you remember Pastor Hefner? Raise your hand. Some of you. How many of you remember Pastor Barth? A couple of you. How many of you remember Pastor Deemer? He's the pastor that founded our church 150 years ago. See what I mean? Now, we live in a culture that wants a lot of attention. Everybody wants attention. They want fame. Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Right? And if that's your attitude, if you're wanting to look at yourself and you want everybody to look at you, when you think about what I just said, that makes you feel rather small and insignificant, doesn't it? But see, we're not looking to be famous. We merely want to be faithful. And we, we are looking towards Jesus. It's His story. And it's a great story. It's the greatest story. And we are a part of it. Again, I love this imagery of Hebrews 12. The idea is like we're in this arena and we're on the field running the race and the saints are in the stands and there they are cheering us on. Don't give up. Keep going. Milky. Milky. Go, 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 go. And i got to tell you, for the longest time as I would think about this passage, I always sort of envisioned it like there I am, out there running the race, all by myself. I mean, I'm surrounded, but I'm out there just running my race. Because as a younger man, I would think about life this way, that I had my goals and my dreams and my plans, and they're for God. But it was up to me to go out there and run that race. And in a sense, that's true. I mean, nobody can run the race for you. We all have to run our own race. But there I was running my own race and just striving to do the best that I could until someday, poof, I crossed the finish line. and I made it. But the older I get, the more I think of this passage and this image like a relay race. Because age and time has taught me that the only reason why I'm running the race is because of what has been handed to me. And my success will not be in my little individual accomplishments, my dreams and plans and goals, but rather in how well I'm going to hand this off to my own family, my own kids, Lord willing, someday grandkids, to all of you. We all know the cliche, cliche, pass the torch, right? It comes, though, from the Greeks that when they would run the race, they didn't pass a baton, they actually passed 
a torch. And we know the fire that we are passing from generation to generation. I got to go to Europe this summer with my two oldest kids, and one of the Sundays we were there, we went to worship in Bordeaux, France, in the cathedral. And uh, I was shocked because I had been told that in Europe the churches are dying, they're empty, but this church was packed, standing room only. We had like stand out on the perimeter. It was young and it was vibrant. Now, I do not know French, so I couldn't understand what they were saying, and yet what was so beautiful is I understood exactly what was going on because they were praying the liturgy just like we do. And it was such a beautiful reminder to me of that scene we heard from Revelation chapter 7 of all the nations and all of the languages surrounding Jesus and worshiping Him. Because there I was in a different country and they're speaking a different language, but we're all there still focused on Jesus. But then after the homily, they did something I'd never seen before. The priest called up some some, uh, kids. They were like probably about young teenage, upper elementary grades. They brought them up front by the altar, and they put white robes on all of them. And then behind them come up, came up some adults, and they lit candles, and they handed the candles to the adults. And then the priest started talking to him, and of course, he's talking in French. I have no idea what's going on. And then, rather unceremoniously, the adults just simply reached around and handed that candle to those kids. And then it all made sense. Because when a child is baptized, we look at the godparents and we look at the parents and we say these words. Receive the light of Christ. Parents and godparents, this light is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly. This child of yours has been enlightened by Christ our God. They are to walk always as a child of the light. May they keep the flame of faith alive in their heart. And when our Lord returns again in all of His glory, may they go out to meet Him with all the saints in the heavenly kingdom. They were passing the torch. My friends, faith is not an individual sport. We are running together. We are, every one of us, running the race, but it's more like we're each running the leg of the race that the Lord has given to us. It's handed to us, and then we hand it off. So like Hebrews teaches us, let us throw off anything that weighs us down, especially the things that weigh down our hearts, the worries and the anxieties and the bitterness and the tension and the strife and the fears. Throw it off. Let us strip away the sin that so easily entangles us and holds us back from hitting our full stride. Selfishness and greed or any desire that that holds us back from Christ. And let us run with all of our heart, eyes on the prize, eyes on Jesus. Isn't it beautiful? As we're now running our leg of the race and celebrating 150 years, that the Holy Spirit is giving to this church, this family, opportunities to pass that torch to even more people. Those are the things we're thinking about doing. Isn't it beautiful that every day God gives to you and me little holy moments where our lives intersect others and we can, can be those simple everyday missionaries and witnesses to Jesus? And isn't it also beautiful that the Holy Spirit 
actually doesn't show us the impact we make in this life right now. Because someday the race will be over. And just like the fog is lifting right now, the cloud will lift. And we will see our Lord face to face. And we will see all the saints face to face. We will know all of them. And we will spend eternity telling stories of how it all connected, handoff to handoff, down through the years, down through the generations. I mean, I can't, I can't wait to talk to Pastor Deemer and to Rosie's grandmother about what was it like when you started our church in that feed store downtown. I don't know about you, isn't that going to be great? And I have no doubt that they're going to, that when we start telling them about what we experienced, they're going to go, it became that? Oh my goodness! And we're going to thank them for what they did. And they're going to rejoice at what has happened. Or think about this. Saints that are not yet born, we will get to tell them how our school was just busting at the seams and we were striving, trying to find a place for them. How in these very dark and uncertain times, our Trinity family was, was a refuge and a beacon of hope and light for us. And they'll thank us, but we're going to rejoice to see how they took the torch and they ran even further with it. And friends, that's just our Trinity family. Revelation said that the company of saints, that there will be a multitude that no one can count, which means there's going to be a multitude of stories that no one can count, but all interconnected, all intersected in Jesus. And our eyes will still be fixed on Him in awe, in praise, in gratitude, because He did it all. Would you take a moment right now in prayer and just contemplate for a few moments what has been handed to you and what God's calling you to hand on?